these two ladies walking up the stairs? Where are they going? You! Yeah! You're not leaving, are you? Come back! What are your names? Just a second. I know who you are. You must be my long lost sisters from Detroit. Just a minute. Let me have a look at you. You are. Oh. He goes to the toilet, are you, buddy? He goes to the ladies' room. Will you be back soon? Oh, thank God for that. How oh, the rest of you? All right? Yeah, take a look at yourselves. Yeah. Ah, right. Here we are. This is a. This is a good time to explain to you what is going on. Do you know what we're doing tonight? Like the whole album, back to back, like the whole. Yesterday, so it came as a complete shock to me, but um, as you can imagine. Uh, but we are in a minute gonna, going to resume normal service. Incidentally, how many of you guys have got the album? Guys, girls, <laughs> We're very, very pleased with that. You know, the album went to number nine in the States, which is the highest we've ever had it. Welcome to another episode of the Slam Fest podcast, where we bring the premier rock concert pre-gaming experience from the parking lot to the podcasting airwaves. I'm Brad. So sticking with my concert chronology this week, this was the first time I saw a band artist perform an album in its entirety. And this wasn't a classic album. It was a brand new album that was released less than two months before. This episode is going to revolve around the Iron Maiden concert I saw on October 17th, 2006 at the Palace of Auburn Hills in Auburn Hills, Michigan. And to help me recap this show and the show he saw four days earlier, please welcome back to the podcast, Steve Wright, Potter Than Hell. How are you? I'm good, Brad. How's it going, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. How are things at Potter Than Hell? Good, busy. We are in the uh, midst of March Talica here, and we just uh, actually myself and Dylan just recorded an episode the other day, and um, our, our recording schedule has been just like totally all over the place in the last two months. So, uh, like recording out of sequence and everything, and, and like I literally have to look at my notes to see when when we're doing what and when it's coming out. So, um, but it's good though. We're we're busy. We're uh, we're we're keeping things going. Good, good. Yeah, it's good to be busy. And yeah, I've actually got a couple of episodes in the hopper, which I, I generally am in real time, you know, for the most for the most part. But I've got some some travel coming up, so I had to had to get something done. But yeah, it does get confusing. You're juggling stuff. You're like, well, wh- yeah, when's this one coming out? What's the context here? You know, is this <laughs> does this make sense? You know, yeah, you and, and it's good when you can bank a couple too, so you yeah. get a you can get a break in the action as well. Definitely, definitely. So we talked about this a little bit before hitting record, but this episode has been a long time coming. I think, Steve, I heard you talk about it on your podcast, but whenever it was, saying that you went to this 
tour at the Continental Airlines Arena, uh, East Rutherford, New Jersey. And then I think I reached out to you at that point and said, hey, I went to that show and I'll I'll get there. And then I know we talked about it at the 2021 Rockin' Pod, which was, what, 18 months ago. Yeah. And uh, so it's finally here. We're, <laughs> we're finally going to do this. Yeah, it took us a while, but here we are. So before we get into this, I want to mention that I will actually be in Nashville for the Rockin' Pod Expo this coming weekend. So this this is dropping on the 16th of March, and this is a last-minute decision for me. I don't have a table, but I'm going to be in Oxford, Ohio on that Friday watching my daughter run. She's a runner in, in college, and so I decided, hey, I'm going to drive down to Nashville from there, probably catch most of the rare hair show on Friday night and then obviously the expo all day on Saturday and Keel Fest to that night and then I'm driving back Sunday I'm going to stop in Indy visit my daughter have lunch with her and then make my uh, way back to Michigan so anyone listening you're going to be around I'll be around I'll be wearing Slam Fest t-shirts uh, both nights and I'll have my trusty backpack cooler with me so if you uh if you want a slam fest koozie, again, the best thing about a slam fest koozie is it comes with a beer in it. So that's the best. So part. say, <laughs> so say hi if uh, if you're around. So Steve, background with the band on the bill. This is actually the first Maiden episode I've had you on. So maybe talk a little bit about how you got into Maiden. I've heard it, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> you, yeah, you've talked about um, it before. Yeah, back in the day, we used to, uh, before any any me or my two buddies could drive, we would take the uh, the county bus system to Scranton, Pennsylvania, and we would go to hit the record stores there. And um, I had heard of Iron Maiden. I, you know, I had seen some articles and stuff in Hit Parader and, um, you know, like Circus and stuff. Yeah. And um, so we would each buy, each week we would go, we would buy an album, and then we would kind of pass it around to one another. So we, so um, I saw the Iron Maiden made in Japan. And I'm like, oh, it's only like, it was like, you had to stick around like 598. So I'm like, oh, you know, I've heard of these guys. So I'll check them out. If if they suck, I only spent six bucks on it. So then I'll, I'll, I'll give them a shot. So I took it home and um, it opens up with Rat Child. I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. But what really hooked me was Remember Tomorrow. Just that, uh, you know, like one of those, you know, build songs that you get the slow part, then it kicks in and, and you have that swell and then it comes back down. And that was the... That was what hooked me for Maiden, and after that, it's been just um, I got Number of the Beast, at, and that Number of the Beast was I'm I'm thinking when Number of the Beast was just out when I when I got um, Made in Japan because I remember Peace of Mind was the first album that I bought like actually when it came out, and you know yeah. I've been I've had every one since then, but it's been a fantastic ride since 1982. I've been with these guys and uh, love them, still love them. And I think Peace of Mind was your first, right? That was the first yeah. time you saw them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw nice. them in uh, in Allentown, in um, and I uh, famous show too. It's uh, the Mission from Airy show that That's I didn't right. know about until like twenty years later when I read it in the Run to the Hills book. Uh, I think Mick Wall wrote that. I think, and uh, yeah. yeah, I was like, holy shit, I was at that show. So um, <laughs> it was pretty cool. It was with Fastway and Coney Hatch. Yep, and um, we we saw like Coney Hatch do maybe two or three songs. We got there a little late, and uh, we saw Fastway on their first tour, 
and uh, David King kept on saying, hello, Alan Wood. He kept on calling us Alan Wood. And then the Fastity <laughs> Clark went over and he whispered, oh, I'm sorry, Allentown. And then he must have said Allentown about 80 times after that. He's got to make uh, up for it. it. Was a, yeah. yeah, it was it was, it was was great first concert experience. And seeing Maiden on the Peace of Mind tour, um, just like if you look back at those videos, the stage is like just so stripped down compared to what they do now. Oh, yeah. And, but it was raw. It was like just unbelievable. And um, it's still my... My, my first is still my best concert. Nice, nice. So yeah, I, so I guess I didn't know that you got into them on that live album. That's that's cool. And, uh, you know, yeah, so I got into them or heard them first. I think my brother had Peace of Mind uh, is where I got into them. And then obviously Live After Death. So I know all of the, knew the Diano songs with Bruce singing first and, and then obviously went, uh, went backwards. So moving on to the the tour and the show so steve we're, we're fortunate that we saw this because there were only 11 north american dates <laughs> yeah and, and and i didn't even plan on going to that um i knew the show was taking place it was the closest one to me and uh yep the uh actually we uh, the continental airlines arena it's changed names about probably six times since then but it <laughs> it's always uh affectionately known to probably everybody there is the meadowlands yes you know you're going yep. to see a show at the meadowlands and um I didn't, uh, I hadn't planned on going to the show. My buddy called me up. He said, Hey, he goes, we're going to see Maiden tomorrow. Do you want to go? I'm like, fuck yeah, I, I want to go. Yeah. And, and I, I knew they were doing the album and I had, and I had the album and I'm like, I'm like, this is going to be cool. And, and they didn't know my, my buddy that I went with and one of his buddies that he works with, he drove and, um, they didn't know that they were going to do that. And I said, you guys, I said, just, just so you know. They're going to be playing this whole new album and then a couple other songs. They're like, what are you? I mean, they were like freaking out before we even walked through the doors. Yeah. And, um, but I, we went and, um, my one buddy just, um, he, he did this, this insane thing, uh, before the show. Just, uh, I, I, I've told it, I, I won't, uh, <laughs> uh, if you guys want to hear it, listen to the episode of Potter Than Hell. It, it's funny. It's just like, like totally my one buddy just i was just one of those uh shake your head moments uh before the show but the uh show was good both for my valentine opened up i believe yes and, that's um, yeah we, that's who opened our show we, too so yeah we saw about half of them they they were good i mean they were young then i mean this is 2006 those guys were just yeah. out so yeah. um you know they gave a a a, a great metal a new metal band a, a good start there yeah nice nice yeah so i went with I, I've talked about recently on on some of my episodes, uh, guy in the neighborhood here, Rob, who I hit some shows with. So we we actually went to this. You, you got a Friday, <laughs> Steve. Mm-hmm. We got we got a Tuesday. Oh really? So I remember I drove over there. He was I think, you know, in Detroit for some meetings or something. So we ended up just meeting. Uh, you know, had a had a couple beers in the car uh, before before going in. But yeah, I went into this obviously knowing you know, what they were doing, but there were, I, I, there were a lot of people that didn't, you know, I, I guess I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. how publicized it was. I mean, these weren't the first shows obviously that we, that we saw. So it was obviously out there, but you know, there's casual fans that, uh, that probably didn't know <laughs> and were, uh, were caught off, caught off guard for sure. But yeah, there's actually video Steve of the show I saw on YouTube which is oh, yeah. interesting. It's not the whole show, but they're, right. they're clips, you know, of individual songs 
And, you know, there is, there's a clip of Bruce, you know, talking about what they're, what they're doing, right? This, you know, a couple songs in type of a thing. And, you know, interesting. Again, you hear, hear people cheering and he asks people how many people have the new album. And, but you do hear some people yelling out Trooper and, yeah, <laughs> you know, as it, uh, as it went on. So, yeah, there were anyway. people around us going like, what, 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 what's what going song on? Is this? What is, yeah. what is this going on? What, what's going on here? Because <laughs> I think the, the time before that, that I saw them was the, for the Edward the Great tour. Yes. Yep. And I saw, we saw that at the Garden BC and I with Motorhead and Dio. And yes. I mean, that was all, you know, that was all the hits, you know, that was like, you know, uh, uh, hits fan, yeah. you know, wet dream. Oh yeah. Like that show. And then compared to this one, people that were more of a, you know, a hits or casual Iron Maiden fan, they were just totally lost. Like what right. is this? Right. Right. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that tour at Merriweather. I think you and I went back and forth on text, like after that, my episode yeah. came out on that yep. and you're like, yeah, yep. I saw that at, at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, this was kind of the start of them, you know, doing like hits and then they did this mm -hmm. whole album and then they kind of started rotating, uh, you know, maybe after, after this, but this was obviously the first and only time they've, they've done an entire, <laughs> an yeah. entire album, which is, which is great. So set list, different world. These colors don't run brighter than a thousand suns, the pilgrim, the longest day out of the shadows. The Reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg, For the Greater Good of God, Lord of Light, The Legacy. So obviously that's the album <laughs> in its entirety. And then they did Fear of the Dark and Iron Maiden closed out the regular set. And then Encored, Two Minutes to Midnight, The Evil That Men Do, and Hallowed Be Thy name so you know we're going to get into the album obviously steve just a tribute to this album since they they played it in its entirety and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about the five classic songs they chose to play and if we would have uh maybe wanted something a little bit different out of those five songs but just like overall thoughts it was this the first time you'd seen a band play something in its entirety yeah the, yeah definitely the first first time i um and it was new. Like I, I don't remember, you know, any of the the you know bands that I listened to, anyone <laughs> doing that before because it was right. like well, the whole whole new album. Like holy, you know, um, <laughs> so it was like unheard of, you know, as far as as I'm concerned with you know the the, the broad spectrum of metal bands that I listened to. And I was I was I was really interested because I was really into the album. And like you said, it was only out for not that long before this tour started yeah so i mean i was like i knew the songs but i didn't like know the songs right but it was really cool to see them live and i think one thing that threw a lot of the people was the length of the songs like you know <laughs> you you didn't have the you know the the three 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 and a half minute trooper you didn't have uh you know the the four minute aces high you didn't have that you had the the eight minute this and the <laughs> seven minute that and the 10 minutes that you know what i mean so i think yeah. that kind of that threw people as well and i think that they the 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 progressiveness of this album is what is the blueprint for what they're doing now yes agreed 
Agreed. Yeah. And as Bruce uh, mentioned, you know, during the show, because I found that clip or these clips uh, online, but he says all 70 minutes of it, <laughs> you know, when mm -hmm. it's like 10, 10 songs. So yeah. you do the math right on the average yep. length of these of these songs. But yeah, I mean, I uh, I was excited. I was a fan. You know, I heard the the reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg obviously was was released online, I think, before it uh, before the album was released. So I had heard that. And but I, yeah, I bought it and started listening to it. And uh, yeah, I was excited. I was excited to see see these songs played live. And it uh, didn't uh, didn't disappoint uh, from from my standpoint. So the five classic songs, Steve. So yeah, I threw out to you what uh, what might have you done differently? <laughs> All right, um, well, <laughs> for those five. Yeah, I, I think they need to they need to do Iron Maiden and they need to do Hella Be Thy Name. I, I think that they're ones that you you know you, you gotta kind of do them. And um, but what I what I figured was um, I put like total five total different ones, so I'll I'll, I'll extend <laughs> the concert a little more. I thought Aces High would have been cool, especially after um, you know in, in in watching this show, I myself got a little like oh yeah, I won't say bored, but like <laughs> you know, I mean this is and, and I, I think that the, the the crowd feel had a lot to do with that as well. You know what I mean? If, if they're not, you know, rocking out to it and just kind of listening to see what this stuff is, I think it gets a different vibe. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I have Aces High. I think that would be a good upper tempo one to really, you know, get people right back in, into it. You know, um, I thought Wasted Years with uh, with Adrian back in the band would be a, another a good one to uh, to get get the crowd going. Um, Trooper, obviously. Um, I, I think they were really, you know, like, why, like, why didn't they do that? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and then I, then I threw in two, two deep tracks, um, Children of the Damned and Phantom of the Opera. Nice. To, uh, you know, just to, to break it up and throw a couple, throw us, you know, Iron Maiden <laughs> deep track guys, just, uh, you know, and they're not even really deep tracks if you want right. to get into deep tracks for Iron Maiden, but like deep, it would be deep tracks for a more casual fan. But yeah. I got Children of the Damned and Phantom of the Opera. Nice. Yeah. So you throw throw a bone to to the casual fans having to sit through the ten, right yep. the ten new songs and then but yeah throw a bone to some of the 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 diehards uh, with a couple of those. So yeah, I looked at this a couple different ways. First, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, Iron Maiden. I kind of said, well, they've got to end with that. Really. I mean, if they weren't going to, I said throw Number of the Beast as the last one you know there's that kind of breakdown at you know before the before the outro where they could do the whole eddie thing if they if they wanted to but i i, I would really leave iron maiden in there because you kind of kind of have to but i was looking ahead you know after this tour they did the somewhere back on tour tour right the re recreation of the the power slave slavery tour and then they did a new album type tour and then they did made in england right where they were recreating seven songs so yep. so i kind of i'm cheating maybe a little bit and thinking well i know what songs they played on those classic type stuff so let me let me mix this up a little bit so first song murders in the room work <laughs> not that i would have lost my shit if i seen them do that 
<laughs> so I wanted to go back and, you know, give a nod to the first two albums. So Murs and the Rue Morgan, then ending obviously with the Iron Maiden. And then here's my here's my encore. So Where Eagles Dare kicking off the the encore. And then I this is this is a wild card, but I threw Be Quick or Be Dead in there. Just for just for shits and giggles. That's and then song. I then I ended with wasted years. Uh, so it was nodding when you said wasted years. I thought, you know what? That's that that'll be good. Again, this is this is not, you know, hit, you know, a hit list per se of, of mine. But I thought, you know, this would be pretty cool because, again, That'd some of the other songs I wanted them to play there. I'm like, ah, oh, they're going to play these on the next two historic right. type tours yeah. that they were doing. So I said, ah, let's let's mix it up. Let's mix yeah. it up. And I and I toyed with. um putting Weir Eagles there for my encore song, the first encore song coming back, mm. because I think that'd be cool. Just the, and then boom, right? You know what I mean? That'd be like, <laughs> right. you you would get your crowd back in a heartbeat doing oh, that. Because yeah. yeah. I think even the, uh, the little more than a casual fan would like, like go crazy hearing that. I, I absolutely would. I mean, that was the first song I ever heard Iron Maiden do live. So that's always a, a sentimental yeah. favorite for me. And when they did it on this, on this last tour, it was great, and they had the backdrop oh, yeah. with the with the cable car. Oh my god! And and I'll tell you what, that's one of my favorite movies. I probably watched that movie twenty times, literally. Awesome, yeah, yeah. So that's so that's set list set list talk. So the stage, real real quick. So you know, first World War trench war trench is kind of what it looked like, right? Lots of camo on the back line, sandbags around where the monitors. Or and then on the raised platforms on either side, I did, they had like spotlights, and I don't know if you remember this. I didn't remember it, Steve. I saw it on the on the video, but they had these manual type spotlights that Dickinson used, like during. It almost reminded me of uh, what the number of the beast video. Aren't those? Oh, like, the yeah, they, guy, those guys are yeah, having yep. the lights. So that's what it kind of reminded me of. But this one of these clips on YouTube, Dickinson uses it in, in between songs he's talking about whatever but he he spots some women walking up the stairs and he puts us he goes where are you guys going and he puts a spotlight on him and he talks to him oh, about really? going going to the toilet going to the ladies room <laughs> or whatever it's it's hilarious but yeah the stage was cool and then at the end so eddie right they had the tank turret come up kind of mm -hmm. behind the the drum kit obviously and then a binocular wielding Eddie, uh, you know, came out of the, the hatch. Yeah, because didn't they have like bodies over the, the like the yes. barbed wire and stuff too? Yes, 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 you're right, you're right, they did. But part of that tank thing, which was kind of reminding me of the Creatures of the Night, Yep. you know, look it up stuff, but they had on the back line, you know, think of like a, uh, a treadmill, you know, rolling. And so it looked like the... You know, it was just the width of a, you know, maybe of a of, of a treadmill, but it ha it was you know decorated in the sense that it looked like a, a tank uh, tank tread. So I thought, you know, that's kind of cool because I think the Kiss one didn't they just use lights to kind of make it look like it was moving? I think I think so. They were like like, like kind of yeah, like, do, 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 like do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah yeah. So it made it look like it was moving, but yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about that until seeing the. Uh, see in the video but very very cool and then at our show steve we had a couple of spinal tap moments so nico split his bass drum skin oh yeah 
<laughs> which I've never seen that happen before. And so, Dick, this was part of the clip, uh, one of the clips that I saw. I had forgotten about that one. And Dickinson's making fun of him and, and then talking for a bit and then turning around. He's like, how long does it fucking take to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to switch out a... A bass drum skin. There is uh, a slight technical hitch at the moment with, uh, with, with Mr. McBrain and his bass drum skin. Note I said his bass drum skin, not anything else. Um, it's, uh, it's acquired a split. So Nico has split his bass drum skin. Surgery, as we speak. How long did it take to change your fucking bass drum skin? It's 2006, for Christ's sake. It'll be next year before it's done. You're not beating him enough. You're not beating him, he's a lash. God almighty. Anyway. And then, in this, during the same show, the stage lost power. <laughs> really? And that took that took a little time. And they ended up they were they were playing soccer on stage. That's awesome. <laughs> Which was awesome, but I mean, just bizarre. You know, I had never really seen either one of those things happen. Oh, I, I never even heard that those things happen. That's awesome. Yeah. No. It, it is that... cool when you are at a show that something like out of the ordinary yeah. happens that's that's yeah. always cool you yeah. always have that and and it's funny because like me being at that show mission from area that's like something i have on a on maiden fans now you have something yeah. special like that that happened too and, yep. and i i like that you get that oh you know i was at that show and, yeah, oh well, were you at this one no <laughs> right right something unique but uh, yeah, so the, the there is audio of the the split bass drum skin. But I was surprised there wasn't video. I, I was kind of bummed, and I was trying to find a review online, you know, over the last week or so, just to see if anybody referenced the power. But yeah, they, that's the first uh, I heard of that. That's awesome. Didn't. But it was yeah, it was definitely uh, definitely unique and yeah, a cool. I mean, my God, I mean this the palace. You know, it's about an hour from my house, and well, not anymore. It's torn down, but. It uh, that it was a no-brainer. Even on a Tuesday, I'm like, I'm yeah, I'm going, I'm going to this. They're playing the new album. <laughs> I, I'm, I am going. Try and stop me. That's right. That's right. Moving on to the concert calendar. So Maiden has announced this future past tour. 2023 and there's 33 shows announced obviously all overseas you know late may slovenia and czech uh, republic june uh, into early august finland norway sweden germany poland switzerland ireland scotland england netherlands belgium italy and spain so if you're interested in any of those shows you know go to their website and uh Sure, you can get specifics on venues and and ticket. And I guess we're crossing our fingers, Steve, aren't we? That it. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> make it, it makes its way over here because there is, and I I don't even remember where I saw this thing that was kind of teasing the set list that I sent uh, 
I sent something to the Potter Than Hell text chain that we've got going. I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna talk about it now because I don't know where it came from, Steve. We can yeah. pray. Yeah, we, we don't pray. even know. Yeah, we don't even know if that's <laughs> an actual thing. But like, right. you know, looking at that, you're like, ooh, oh, oh, okay, all right. It looks it looks yeah. pretty good. And and as big of a fan that Steve is of of somewhere in time, he would have mm. a big, big, big grin oh, on yeah. his face. Yeah, but God only knows where that came from. So I you know. know. I know. I we'll know. just take that. But like, there, and there's no way too. Once they start playing, that I'm going to be able to hold off and not look at a set list. There's just no way <laughs> that I, I I am not that disciplined to do that because I'll be I'll be I'll be looking at that and I'll be making a playlist on my phone and I'll be listening to it the next right. hour. Right, right, yeah, good stuff. So yeah, hopefully they uh, hopefully they make their way over here. So now on to the band on the bill spotlight. So as I mentioned, we were going to talk about matter of life and death specifically because it was highlighted during this tour so released august 25th 2006 produced by kevin shirley charted at number nine no certifications which isn't surprising again when when this was released and the the type of music uh, that it <laughs> that yeah. it is and i thought you know at first steve i was thinking you know i I wasn't sure what to do with this album originally. I was thinking of putting it in the which side are you on segment. I was thinking of, you know, what I just other things. Do we just review it? But then I thought, you know what? Let's rank, let's rank the songs. That sounds, that sounds good because it, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of, of, of the majority of it, parts of certain songs, uh, you know, a little bit more than others, but I thought, yeah, this, this would be an interesting dive to, I mean, they obviously thought highly of it to, to perform it uh, in its entirety, so let's uh, let's dive into it a little bit. So, did you bought it right away, Steve? Is that your? Yeah, I, I had it within the within the first couple of days because uh, yeah. with my work schedule, like uh, sometimes I can't get to the to the record store the the day that it comes out, but yeah. I get it, you know, that week. Because I mean, actually, I've had days where um, I I vividly remember when Dance of Death came out. I was working and uh, BC went down. I'm like, I'm like get me a CD, get me a CD. So, so he literally went down and he was listening to it on his way back. It's maybe, maybe 20 minutes from where we live. So, and then he came in and gave me my, so I got my copy that the day that it came out, dance of death and like, you know, but like, I'm not always able to get it like the day it came out, but I had it within a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. And you know, just a couple of things regarding, regarding it. I mean, I love the production um on on this i mean the you know the previous two were again the reunion uh albums uh with brave new world and and the aforementioned dance of death but i think the production is really really good and i read a little bit steve that they they say they said that this album wasn't mastered to kind of give it more of a live sound i read that somewhere i mean there's got to be some tweaks that they yeah that they did, but again, I I love love the production. You know, getting a lot of war. It's and like a themes. It's like a like more of a stark type of production yeah. on it. That's a great word, actually. That's a good good description for it. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's heavy. We'll get into that. And before getting into the songs, how about the album art? I think it's badass. I love it. It is. It is. I. I I have the shirt somewhere, which I'm sure it, it you know, it <laughs> shrunk in the wash over the years. But uh right. that was and that was one 
because I, I mean, you've been to Maiden shows before. There's like 8,000 oh, yeah. shirts to, to buy, but, and I usually get like a, a different one, but I, that was one I'm like, I got to have the album art on yeah. this one. And yeah. then it had on the back, it had the Eddie with the, the, like the M16s cross. Like the on flag. The yeah. The yeah. flag thing yeah. that they use. Yeah. So very, I, I, very I think the cool. arts, it, you know, kind of reminds me of like, uh, kind of like Kelly's heroes at the, the guys at the yeah. tank, you know, yeah. something yeah. of that on that order. So I, I always thought that was, it's, it's an awesome cover. And just like the, the, the uh like the coloring of it yeah is like totally totally fits the theme of it just so so well done you, and you got yeah eddie obviously kind of leading right these skeleton soldiers and and the one what i really liked is the, the kind of the detail they've got the one skeleton yeah obviously the tank's not moving he's sitting on it with a cigarette <laughs> I thought that was there. You go, yeah. Steve is showing the the vinyl. Nice. Yeah, he's just nice. sitting there, kind of taking a break with a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So 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 cool. So all right, Steve. I think I mean we got ten tracks here, so I think we can just go back and forth. Obviously, you know, you can sure. start with ten, and I'll do ten. And obviously, we may we may have. It'd be interesting to see if we have any song in the same exact in the same spot. spot. We yeah. we could and yeah. yeah, go ahead and yeah. Uh, why don't you start us off and okay, t tell us about the songs and what you like and dislike about them. Yeah, and and you kind of touched on it too that there are songs that I really like, but there's parts in songs that I'm like, uh just kind of yeah, knocks it out for me. So for number <laughs> ten, I have the Pilgrim. Okay. Um, I I hate the 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 chorus. The, you know, that the chorus kills me on that one. I mean, I like it. It's a Yannick song. Solo's great in it, but just like that, the chorus and that just like knocks it down to 10th for me. Not that there's anything, there's no skippers on here. I'm just going to say that right now, but you know, there are tracks that I, that I like, you know, you know, as we'll go through them here, but the yes. Pilgrim's number 10 for me. All right. All right. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll be talking about that song shortly. It's not the, not the first one, but so I went with the legacy at 10 and so that's a gers harris song uh, i believe that's the longest song on the album mm -hmm. just by just by a couple of seconds so again you've got that minute and a half mellow intro the riff is cool I, it sounds like something classical and I, I was like gosh is it something from phantom of the opera the musical I, some it, it reminds me of something and i couldn't uh, couldn't place it the um the chorus ah, the harmonies and the melodies in there i i'm just not a fan of i mean say so again you've got a, a a nine and a half minute song almost and and when when there's no payoff <laughs> the chorus is supposed to be a payoff and i just i i just don't i just don't like it specifically there's like a line in there giving them all just a little hope like something with regards to how that comes across just just rubs me the wrong way so anyway it's long and i don't like the chorus so the legacy is number 10 for me all right um number nine for me i have different world Ooh. um i i don't like the pre-chorus in that one um it's a it, it's it's a it's a good opening track don't get me wrong but um there's just um I don't know. There's just some some parts like um, it's got the kind of a, a Wicker Man kind of feel for like an opening track. You know, of course, Adrian Smith um, 
co-penned song with Steve Harris. Yep. Um, it's it's really good, but there's just it's it's okay for me. I mean, there's like I could go for fifteen other opening tracks ahead yeah. of this on on yeah. Maiden albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I call those quick hitters. I call mm-hmm. those the Iron Maiden quick hitters, right? They all, the albums always have one. A lot of times they do start, yeah, start the albums sometimes until you, until you get to Final Frontier. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's a that's a quick hitting song. There's that, whatever that intro is. Yeah, right? that's, that, that's... That takes takes forever, and then you they definitely caught you off guard with that one. <laughs> right, right. So number nine for me, so the pilgrim, and yeah, the 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 chorus. I mean, even the pre-chorus. I think the melody and harmonies in there aren't aren't great. And it, here's what's funny: my brother and I always joke about Maiden. You know, they always have these two word song titles that start with the, <laughs> you know, and there's two of them, you know, and I've got them at, at 10 and nine, uh, I'm yeah. the legacy and the, the pilgrim, but yeah, the chorus I, I said is just, oh, is okay. It's, but that pilgrim sunrise pagan sunset part, I yeah. don't know the way it's delivered. Yeah. It just, uh, yeah. Ugh, not, uh, not, and you know, great. you notice too, that, uh, a lot of the Yannick songs have that like Middle Eastern type yeah. cadence thing to them. So you can always kind of pick out some of his <laughs> songs like that. Right, right. Yeah, so I don't know if that's just a, a coincidence that my first two are, are Gers. <laughs> Harris. Uh-oh, Harris pattern, pattern. songs. Yeah, there must be a pattern there. So anyway, all right. Number eight, Steve. All right, number eight, which... And... Uh, we, it's 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 this is a tough album to rank. I'm like, well, I'm like, how I know, am I gonna I put these in any kind of order? I, I have these colors don't run for number eight. Um, there's just the the I, I I don't know. There's like parts in it that I'm like, ugh. I like the uh, it's kind of like a maybe an afraid to shoot strangers part two, okay type of song. Yeah, and um. I mean, it, it came out when they were in the, I don't know, second Gulf War or whatever the hell we right. were battling right. then. Yep. And um, there's, it, 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 don't get me wrong, it's, it's a really good song. There's some, you know, great back and forths in there soloing. But um, I don't know. I just, um, it's, I mean, I love the song. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's just one of the one of the lesser ones on there for me. I don't, I don't, and it's one of them that I just can't quite put my finger on what, why that is, but it, but it is. It almost, it's almost reminded me of one of those, oh, what's the second song on Brave New World? Oh, um, Ghost of the Navigator? Yeah, or so, maybe. Oh, that's my, maybe, that's, that's my favorite song. I mean, song it's a great album. song, but it, maybe it's just the way that it's like arranged. Um, I, Could be. Yeah, and again, my, 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 uh, I've got these colors don't run a little bit higher. So that's, that's a compliment um, for me, <laughs> for me talking about Ghost of the Navigator, but um number eight so lord of light you know mellow intro flange effect on bruce's voice i that kicks in at the verse and the kind of the pre-chorus but i bruce really sounds like he's struggling a little bit that vocal to me it just it just sounds like he's he's struggling and you know i'm a fan of the tempo change at the at the chorus and it really kind of the rest of this song is is pretty good but i i just i felt like i felt like bruce was struggling during that pre-chorus a little bit so 
I, I knocked it down a couple notches. All right. Um, number seven. Number seven for me. I have Lord of Light for number seven. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, so we're we're close there. We're, clo- we're close. Actually, the last two were were like we're like really close. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I I like it, but it's it's um, and actually now that I'm thinking about it, it it's it could be I could have flipped the last two. Actually, um, I like it, but um, I don't know. There's just something about it. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe. I'm getting a little fatigued on the album as the song comes up, and um, but like yeah. I mean, there's some Good monsters point. in there, yeah. you know what I mean? And um, it's the ninth song, yeah. So yeah. that's a, that's yeah. just a good point. Track, yeah. track listing matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean, Dave Murray's solo in this one is absolutely fantastic. Um, yes, it's, but it's got a like it, it's got a big sound to it, which a, a lot of these songs do. Um, like I said, I I like it. Like there's no skippers on this album for me, but it's just one of them that's just down and i think it may be album fatigue at that time just listening to this oh you know i hadn't listened to this album like in its entirety in a while so like maybe like like a week and a half ago when i knew this was coming up so i, I just kind of been binging on it yes. and like it's it's a long sit to um get it back in, into this <laughs> into this album it is it is well and yeah let me uh, we failed to to mention Steve. He did some some homework with the solos on this album. Yeah. So you ha- you did a solo guide, which was awesome, and uh, sent that sent that over to me. So yeah, we could talk. That's the, it, it's interesting at the end the stats. Um, yeah, I don't have it in front to, of me. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I just I just brought it up so we yeah. can yeah we can talk about it at the maybe at the end. But yeah, I, sure. I, I referenced some solos as we as we go through here. But yeah, thanks for. Thanks for doing that. It's always cool to see what, uh, what, who's doing, who's doing what. Yeah, usually, so, usually for the solos, it's Dave Murray in your left ear, right, and it's Adrian in the right, and it's Yannick in the middle. Yeah, yeah, that's how you know. Unless I have my headphones on backwards. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, number seven for me. So out of the shadows. So Dickinson uh, Harris here, kind of cool, cool intro into a kind of a mellow, you know, mellow groove, obviously. And that there's there's no pre-chorus, which a lot of these songs, you know, and from an overall standpoint, I mean, they're well written, right? They're arranged well. There's there's lots of parts to them, which I which I like. So here's here's a song that doesn't really have a pre-chorus. Uh, so you go verse right into the chorus, but I think the chorus has a great melody uh cool underlying power chords in there but bruce sounds great uh on here and still always stands out to me the last line of the song a man who casts no shadow has no soul <laughs> that's such a that's such a cool line so yeah i mean cool cool song you know even though it's it's a little more more, more basic i guess from a from a maiden standpoint but like the melody and the chorus all right, number six. I yes. also have out of the shadows at number nice. six. We're we're like rolling here. <laughs> um, it has that like bombastic start to it, but then it kind of goes down like a mellower feel just before the verse. Like Bruce's yep. soft vocals. I like when he sings in that that lower register. Um, and and the thing is too. And talking about the album sequence, this song is a good breather after the the track before it. Yes, it's a good 
gather yourself up. You know, you just, you know, you just went, you know, you just got off the beach of Normandy. You know, you can just kind of come out <laughs> right. of the shadows and just kind of, it gives you a little, gives the album a little breathing room, I think. And I think it's in a good spot. Um, I just like it. And it has um, like a revelations feel to me, like how you get that, the softer, and then you get that up and, and down yeah. in it. And um, Dave Murray's solo in this one is absolutely fantastic, but it has a different sound for for your average Dave Murray solo. And this one, I, I was listening to it actually just yesterday, and I'm like, wow, this is really different from Dave, because actually I even put a a note on the side that it, you know, it, and I didn't have it in my original notes, but it's just a different sounding solo for Dave Murray. Um, like, m more the first part of it than, than as it goes on, but it's almost... It's very Adrian-like when he starts yeah. the solo, but then at the end, you're like, okay, that's the Dave Murray that I know. But that first part is a little is a little different for for Dave Murray for me, anyways. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. So number six for me, I've got for the greater good of God, and so this is actually the longest song on the album by a couple seconds, not the not not the legacy, um, but this is just a Harris penned. Uh, he, you know, he's always got kind of a an epic uh or or two i guess that he's uh, he's got to get his in there he's got to get his in there so I, again cool it's it's a good song there's there's a couple things the, the pre-chorus that please tell me now what life is love is war is life is uh you know is is cool but i'll, I'll kind of get to it at the end it's it's very repetitive <laughs> obviously throughout the throughout the song but obviously great drum fills haven't talked about nico much on here his his drumming uh on this album is is fantastic and then the chorus i just think it's kind of clunky because the the for the greater good of god it almost sounds like they're just saying for the greater good god right it i don't know it's always caught my ear weird where and i mean my god they say it eight times in a row um during that first chorus and then obviously during the during the outro but there, there was always something for the greater good of god in the of almost the word of gets it's it's odd it's it an is odd it cadence. just yes it just it, it always just kind of i mean that's a you know one of the reasons the song isn't higher <laughs> actually for me because it always just messed with my ears and but I, I can't I can't deny it's it's it, it's a it's a good overall song. Just that stuff doesn't uh, jive with me. So, all right, uh, number five for me, I have the reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg. Um, I like the I love the moody start at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and actually, the beginning of this sounds like it could be on the X Factor. The the way that the 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 feel of the the beginning of it, I thought was very X Factor ish. Yeah. And uh, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I actually I actually like that album and uh, you know we could have a dis discussion on that like for a long one on, on another time but uh, like and and once again you get the um, what I like to call Bruce's storytelling vocals on the the beginning of this like he's kind of like sitting down like um, like the rhyme of the ancient mariner but I mean I mean that one's like yeah. you know like a higher thing but like you get that Bruce storytelling feel to it. Um, it kicks up um, for the that Donna Donna that crunching riff is, is <laughs> it's just fantastic. Um, the the riff uh, right as you go into the solo is great. And it's got like a 
which I don't think kind of fits. There's like a triumph, melodic triumphant, triumphant feel to it that I'm like this. That part doesn't seem like it. It seemed like it was just kind of spliced in there. I don't know. I, I don't think it. It feels like it belongs in the song. Um, all the soloing on this one is done by Dave Murray, and um, which are which are fantastic. Um, and when all is said and done, I still have no idea what the hell this song is about. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Otherwise, it would, might have been a little higher. <laughs> more, yeah, yeah. Know, if I if I if I knew what it was, it might have might have bumped it up a spot or two. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, yeah. I'll be uh, I'll be talking about that crunchy riff here in a in a in a few minutes. But uh, so number five for me, I've got these colors don't run, and you know, yeah. Again, kind of the muted guitar picking intro, faint lead melody. Uh, in there again great drum fills um the chorus so changes tempo and kind of gets into that chugging riff and it's it's funny every time i hear this song i just picture steve harris jumping you know almost like fear mm-hmm. of the dark <laughs> part. Yeah. you know yeah. it, it's it's got that kind of same feel um to it uh yeah great great lyrics too you know haven't talked much about the lyrics uh, on this album but very well done you know and there is some key you know there's some keys i I think adrian smith's credited with like synth Mm -hmm. a a little bit you know and so there's there's some of that in there but it's but it's at a point where it's obviously not uh overwhelming it's it's really underlying the the tracks and then steve at the end of that you can't forget about the whoa o's you know they they whoa i know i I did forget to mention that when i when i was talking about i know you love well i i I do i do but that didn't even knock it up any further though but it is it is uh and it's one of the few on the album that you get that it right i don't think you get any other ones but no i um, think that's about it yeah yeah follows follows are always good follows the main lead melody yeah uh, and it's spelled c-o-l-o-u-r-s it is good the the, uh, english spelling of it (laughs) good point Good point. All right, so we're we're down to the, the top four. So number four, I have for the greater good of God uh, for number four, and and we talked about parts and songs that that kind of knock it down. There's parts in this ones that knock it down, but there's parts in it that knock it up farther for me in this one. Um, Steve Harris loves his bass intros. Um, you know, <laughs> he, he's, he's got to have at least one or two uh, on a song. Um, and once again, you get some more uh, softer register vocals for Bruce, and then boom, when it comes in, you get that intensity. There's like the, the, like maybe the first third of the song, I'm like, ah, but when you get that that da na 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 that urgent riff yeah. in there as the yeah. as the song kind of uh, like takes off, and you really get into the to the meat of the song. Um, I I let, that's what boots it up for me. Um, and I remember when uh, I saw them at this, um, not the course, whatever the hell the spectrum is called now down in Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, course State spectrum. Center or something. Um, <laughs> and I and I saw that um, the Legacy of the Beast tour, the the first one, and um, and I had a block. Yeah, it was just a, a terrible show for me. I had I literally had to block one ear, one hand, one ear with a finger, and the other ear was totally blocked because it was just. So oh. loud, and it just, oh. it just brushed my skull. But Riddle. I remember thinking when I saw that set list, I'm like, "Oh, for the greater good of God, why are they why are they doing that?" Right, they pulled that out, yeah. But then when it it gets into that middle part, I'm like, 
I'm all in then. That that's what you know brings it there because then you, you have all three guys soloing in the song. You get Janik starts first, then Adrian, then then Dave. Um, there's like a guitar mini part in there. Um, they all you know one of them, you know all of them lining up at the front of the stage type moments, and uh, and you don't get that moment a lot on this album. Like that, well they'll all be there with their each have a leg up on the the monitors right. or whatever they're right. all lined up on the front of the stage you don't get that a lot um on there so um i i i, I like it you know i mean like i said the 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 parts that i really like bump it up more than it, yeah. the bad parts bump it down for me <laughs> very good so yeah number four for me so i've got a different world here so this is we're we're we're, we're different we're, we're different on this on this song you know, you've got Nico. I think he just yells out all right or whatever. Uh, quick hitter, like I mentioned, riff, call and response during the verse, kind of with that riff. And then I love the arrangement, though. They tease the pre-chorus, you know, and kind of go back to the verse uh, right away there, which is cool. And, I, yeah, I don't mind the, the pre-chorus. But one thing, this is another weird thing. I, I It sounds like... It almost sounds like there's an edit or a, I, I don't know the, the the part where he says, "I would like you to know." That part, like the two, when they're saying two, there's almost like another sound back there, and it, again, that always threw me off, and and <laughs> I thought they were going in a different uh, direction with that song. It's 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 weird, but that's what I, that's what I heard. A chorus is soaring, and Bruce sounds sounds great uh in there and then again after that chorus they go back back to the pre-chorus so again interesting arrangement during this uh during this song but yeah i thought it was a, a good opener for the album and the and the tour so number three all right we continue to diverge now um as well <laughs> i have the legacy for number three um, all right and and I don't know if it's that I like it that much more than Lord of Light. Um, like Lord of Light kind of was like eh, for me, but then like Legacy brought me back. Yeah. And um, once again, you get the uh, kind of uh, like uh, soft dance of death type beginning to it with some soft vocals, a more you know Bruce storytelling like lower register thing, and a clean guitar. Um, we're detecting a pattern here at the last song. I'm finally like, holy, this, there's a lot of this on this album. Right. And, um, but it gets, it has a build. It gets more urgent. And this is where I, I uh, thought of the, the Stark production. Because you get that, da-na, da-na. I'm like, yeah. that sounds so, like, Stark. I'm like, holy crap. That's, like, just so, like, isolated, too. And um, and I don't know if you noticed too, on a lot of these songs, um, especially ones like this, like the the uh, the softer parts, you can hear their fingers. Oh yeah, on the strings on the on the fretboard. I I thought yes. that was cool because there was one part and I'm like, what's that squeal? And I kept on going back with that. I'm like, oh, that's like their fingers on the <laughs> that's, yeah. on the thing. So I mean, like they're mic'd up, mic'd up. Um, uh, like it when it finally kicks in. I love the I love the vocal cadence that Bruce has on this song. I love how he sings it. Um, there there's a lot of layer layered vocals, which you don't get that a lot for Maiden. Mm -hmm. You don't get a lot of layered vocals. Um, uh, rock and change around 350, and like the the middle part in this just absolutely tears it up. Um, Yannick does all the soloing on this song. 
Um, it's uh, there's a weird uh, after the solo. There's like a weird melodic part in there, and it's 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 another one of them parts for me that kind of seems like it's just like thrown in there. Like it's like they could have just knocked that part out and knocked it down like you know 30 seconds or whatever it just doesn't seem like it, it fits the song and, I know and what that's you're that, about. that yeah. part's literally yeah. the my least favorite part of the whole album but i like the song so much that i could kind of overlook that it just like <laughs> cringe for the 30 seconds or whatever that it's going on yep. um you know some dual good dual guitar work there nickel's drumming is fantastic on this one um uh then you get you know back to the acoustic guitars to the end so you kind of you book in it with the the acoustic start there yep um yep. i i i like that and, and this is a song that grew on me too uh you know back in the day i was like uh but then like when i really started listening to it it really grew on me yeah 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 again i like i like parts of it that is the chorus that for whatever reason just uh just rubbed me the wrong way all right so the la final three so my three and two i i struggled so I mean it could it could be either one really, but I'll I'll explain when I talk to no, about my number two of why I put two there. But I've got the longest day at three and baseline intro into a cool, you know, again arpeggios and the verse comes in. And again, during the verse, it's like it changes and I'm again not a musician, so my my description of this may be way off, but it almost sounds like it changes key in the middle of the verse and then comes back um again great drum fills great build it almost reminds me of kill your pretty face by wasp <laughs> kind of the build there's something with the the That's build of that song um kind of kind of reminded me of it pre-chorus is great sliding we go only fear on your side Oh, the water is red with the blood of the dead. You know, just amazing melody. Bruce sounds great. Um, so again, love, love the song. And again, it's got, you know, again, parts of the verse, pre-chorus, chorus, which I, I love about Maiden. And the next song doesn't really have a pre-chorus, <laughs> but I'll tell you why it uh, it got ahead of, uh, of this one for me. So number two, Steve. Number two is Longest Day for me. All right. Um, this this may be the the most perfect metal soundtrack song <laughs> for a movie ever. I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch that video? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. For sending uh, that. There's a there's a fan video out there that they spliced in this song with uh, the 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 attack on Normandy Beach on yeah. Saving Private Ryan. Yes. It's. <laughs> It's perfect, you know. You Amazing. got them in their, their Higgins boats going on the shore. Crazy yeah. build there. Bruce's understated vocals. I also I think add to the building of the intensity of it because you could you could you could feel the tension. Oh yeah, in, oh, in yeah. this song, and I think they it it came off totally totally excellent um, on that one. Uh, the part leading up the solos, um, that 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 that, 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 that grinding yes. part. I mean, you could just. You know, see those guys just grinding and out, trying to get on that beach and up to the up to the the you know the the hills and stuff. Um, Adrian does the first solo that absolutely kills it. Um, Dave Murray does the second solo, and it. I, I think this song is just fantastic, and I just love the the build and the intensity of it. And after seeing that video, like it ramped up yeah. 
how I yeah. like it even more. Yeah, yeah. So, so well done. What a great, great idea um, for them to, to do that. So, all right. So, why number two? So, I, I put the reincarnation of Benjamin Briggs. So, I'm not going to repeat. You, you stated everything uh, perfectly about this song, but I'll just... <laughs> I'll just reinforce the riff. That crunchy riff just I uh, I I I put for my top two songs I, I put what I thought were the, the two best riffs on the on the album. And so that's why this one edged out longest day for me. And of course those those drum I'm calling them drum fills. They might have just been bass drum hits during the chorus, right? right? The my sins are many my you know my guilt is too heavy i mean that that part is is fantastic but just yeah but i don't know what the song's about and but just uh the the riff is just uh is just perfect so love it love it love it so steve we've got the same same, number one (laughs) yeah the same number one yep Yep. awesome yeah awesome Um, Brighter Than a Thousand Suns. I think this is the absolute highlight of the album. Um, I really think that they um, they could have named the album this. I think it would have been a... Uh, they could have did something really cool with uh, the artwork for it. I think it would have been fantastic. Or or just put it out like as a like a 12-inch single, how they used to do that. With, yes. like You have the Two Minutes to Midnight one with the Eddie's with the there picture and the UN and the... Yeah. And the, and the in the mushroom cloud, I think they could have did something really cool like that for this song. Yes, but um, this song is just—it's uh, intense. Um, it, it's weird. It's an understated intensity at the beginning, the because you could feel the build that it's you know something important that they're doing. Um, once again, Bruce Soft vocals at the beginning. Um, man, when that main riff hits, though, you're like just punched in the face. And um, just fantastic. And then Bruce's vocals get more urgent as, oh, as it yeah. goes along too. And um, the and, and I like the and there's two different pre-choruses on this one too. It it, it changes later in later in the song, but um, and I just had literally written on. Goddamn, this song is intense. Um, Bruce's <laughs> vocals are absolutely uh, amazing on here. Um, Yannick has a killer solo on this as well and there's a video of this i don't know if you've ever seen it it has the band performing it together at abbey road studios oh no but i i will look check it up. that out it is <laughs> awesome it's like great they're all in the they're all in the room you see the the iconic um abbey road studio and they're all all there and it's it's a cool video and uh just like like check that out you you will love the song even more once you check that video out i mean this song is is absolutely the the highlight on the album for me and when they did this one live i was like oh yeah listen to this next song listen to this next song (laughs) and then they're like holy shit you know i mean it was one of those moments um in the in the show and uh like good spot for it too i mean like you get this and longest day like right in a row you're like wow just like just killer yeah yeah yeah, I mean, again, granted, it's the third longest song on the album, but uh, the the part, it goes by just, quick. Or, yes, it does. It doesn't feel like it at all. Uh, the riff riff is fantastic, and yeah, you mentioned Dickinson's vocal. You know, getting more intense. I mean, just yeah, his 
listening for the tolling of the bell, you know, the way he, in, in that crunchy riff, mm -hmm. right? Right after it. I mean, just, uh, so good. And then the pre-chorus, yeah, like you said, there's a, like a couple, <laughs> couple different pre-choruses, you know, great tempo change uh, in there. And then the chorus, the out of the darkness, you know, brighter than a thousand suns. And of course, I, I love the delay on his vote on his voice uh on that just uh and there's that some synth i think back there are some keys i think to just to kind of help help build Chunks it, it up. up yeah and again it's not out front it's it's complimenting uh the song versus uh overwhelming it and then yeah there's that kind of double time part uh, you know uh, towards the end and he does i was watching the lyrics go on my phone listening to it and there's an e equals mc squared line <laughs> at the end oh, really? of I, the I song which that. just made me laugh um and i'm trying to think of the context of it but that just that stood out uh, that stood out to me and then yeah last line again holy father we have sinned at the at the very end but just a, a unbelievable song and i think they didn't they pull this out on another tour after i mean i know they've done longest day i think on some other tours post this mm. like you I, said the, for the greater good of god they did um recently but i almost feel like they played brighter than a thousand suns on one of the new album tours that they've done but they, i can't they may have can't, I'm, I'm can't be for kinda. sure yeah yeah i should have should have looked it up but uh well nice nice steve that was yeah, I love that. I love that we have the same song at number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we were we were in sync at the end, and then we yep. brought up we brought it back at the end. Yep. And longest day was close, and and then uh, pilgrim, and you know, Lord of Light, out of the shadows. Those were those were obviously close too. So yeah, great uh, great revisiting this this album uh, as a as a whole. And I, I mean, I'll throw this out there I, again. I'll, I've got some subsequent maiden tours still to cover um moving forward and i'll probably talk about all the two kind of the post 2000 albums together I might rank them all but just a little uh you know i don't want to i don't want to spoil anything but this is this is one that's just, this is up there for the post 2000 <laughs> era albums for me just again well written lots of you know it's a it's a favorite too yeah oh yeah yeah, definitely, definitely. And like I said, bands aren't going to play an album in its entirety if if they're not if they're not proud of it. And yep. they, they obviously they obviously were. Moving on to the Slam Fest tip of the week. So, like I said, I went to this with with my friend Rob, and he met we met there because he was working in Detroit that day. And like I said, yeah, we had a couple couple beers in the car, but that was pretty much it. So instead. I kind of threw this out to, to Steve about seeing shows, you know, and bands performing albums in their entireties. And I mean, Steve mentioned this was the first time he had and, and was the first time for me, but thought, hey, let's, if we can think of any other ones that we've, that we've been to. And then Steve threw out a great question. How about some that you would like to see? <laughs> I thought that was a good, a good twist. So what did you, what did you come up with? Steve that you've seen okay um I saw extreme do extreme um pornography 2 I saw them do that in its entirety and um it was really good but they that album loses me like after halfway through 
I'm just like, uh, like, like the 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 first part of that album is just absolutely killer, <laughs> you know. Uh, get the funk out and you know all 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 that stuff. Once you get towards the latter half, lat, like maybe like the last third of the album, they kind of lose me. But um, Extreme's always great. Um, you know, Nuno is just otherworldly. <laughs> uh, you know, he was on the Kiss Cruise the one year, and I went up to him and I said, I just want to tell you, you are the most talented person on this boat right now. <laughs> And he's like, "Oh nice. my God, thanks! That's so nice of you to say." And and but it was it was true. It was true. Oh yeah. And um and I also saw I saw this twice. I saw Jeff Tate um, solo do "Rage for Order" and "Empire." I saw him actually. It was the last show before COVID kicked off. We saw him at a at a casino near us, and then I saw him do. Uh, do both of them in two different sets on Monsters of Rock Cruise the last last time we went. Nice. So they're they're the only other ones I can think of. Okay. And um, yep. Well, what do you yeah. Got? So so I, some of these you might say, oh yeah, I, I saw that one too because I I've seen more than I thought actually. But uh, so I saw Queen's Reich. I got another one too. Okay. Now that you say that. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I I saw Queen's Reich at Rocklahoma. I only went to Rocklahoma once. I can't wait for that episode to come up. The whole gang, the whole Slam Fest crew went, and this is this will be that'll be fun. To, I'll probably break that up into different episodes for each day. Probably going to have to do that. But <clears throat> I saw Queensrÿche do Operation Mindcrime on I the last on the last night, and and that was really cool. Saw Rat do Out of the Cellar and try time frame. I mean, I think it was it was three fifths of them. Um, so Blotzer, Demartini, and, and Piercy, they did that in an outdoor thing in in Detroit. Saw Judas Priest do British Steel. I missed um, that one on whatever that tour that was, and we actually saw that at Red Rocks, Steve. Oh, really? <laughs> Which was wow. unbelievable. So that'll be a that was a slam fest uh, gathering. So that'll be that'll be cool. Saw a crew fest where they did Feel Good. I think that was, I think they only did Crew Fest twice, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I saw him do Dr. Feelgood in its entirety. Saw, I saw Kiss on the Alive 35 tour, but that, I don't think they did the whole thing. They didn't do the whole album. They, there's a couple that, songs they left out. Why didn't they do the whole thing? Yeah. I don't understand. They left out two songs. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't make any sense. And saw the extreme porno graffiti. Saw the same thing that you, that you saw. And, uh. Uh, thought that was good. I was in Vegas and saw the Viva Hysteria uh, Def Leppard thing, which was which was cool. And um, then out of format a little bit, but I saw the U2 Joshua Tree tour. It was on my birthday, and some people got tickets uh, for us to go, and so we went at Ford Field in in downtown Detroit, which was which was cool. And then the last, most recent one, I saw Bach, Sebastian Bach, do Slave to the Grind. And again, it wasn't in order. You know, some of these, yeah, I, I think some of them were in order and some of them weren't. And but saw Bach do do Slave to the Grind. I, I've done an episode on that one because that was just a couple years ago. But yeah, it was more than I thought as I started yeah. going through my thing. I'm like, shit, I, I forgot. <laughs> forgot about some of these yeah i i thought of one more that that i saw in its entirety we saw kicks to blow my fuse in its entirety at m3 a couple years ago awesome and that was nice. fantastic oh my and, god and we usually we usually don't 
uh, I'm sorry, Kicks fans out there. We usually don't stay for the whole Kicks show at M3. You've, you've seen them a million times. Because we see them, you know, I mean, they, they play, you know, um, I think right. they're the band that I've seen the most, truthfully. <laughs> yeah. And um, so we usually don't stay for the whole kick show, but like for them doing Blow My Fuse in its entirety, we were we were all in for it. It was fantastic. Um, uh, I would love to see them do Midnight Dynamite as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. fantastic. But uh, yeah, that's one I thought of. And I and, and actually the ones that I wish I'd seen, I have down when Priest did British Steel and I have the Hysteria one down too. <laughs> They're the, the two that I can nice. think of that, that bands did, and and of course Mind Crime, but um, and let, let me let me ask you this: of the Maiden albums, what would be the next Maiden album you would pick that you would want to see them doing in their entirety? It's funny that you ask that because that's the first one on my on my list of ones that I like to would like to see. So when Maiden did, right again, they're rotating new album tour, classic tour. When they did the Maiden England tour, and actually the Slamfest crew saw that tour twice, I would have loved to have seen them do Seventh Son. Seventh Son was the first tour I saw Maiden on, and I, a regret is is missing them on the Somewhere in Time tour because my brother and I were on a ski trip with our with our family, and all of our buddies went to it. That that could have been my first show ever. And we had a conflict, but uh, Southern Son of a Southern Son, I think, is what I would have liked to have seen them do. They 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 should have done it. Uh, that I don't know why so they did. much yeah. sense to do on that recreation, but that's what I would have done. How about you? They, they did at least half the album when they when they when they, they did, did that tour anyway. Yeah. So yeah, and it's only um, got eight songs on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, for me, for Maiden, um, my 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 gut instinct is to say peace of mind, but. I have come to absolutely love Somewhere in Time over the last couple of years. I did a, I did an episode on R4. We yeah. did Somewhere in Time. And um, and that album has just like gone up and like neck and neck with peace of mind for me. But I would, lo- I would love to see them do Somewhere in Time. Now, I would love to have Somewhere in Time have a Matter of Life and Death's production on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. That would be crazy, <laughs> yeah. you know. No, no, no offense to Martin Birch, don't get me wrong, but but that's a little the the production on Somewhere in Time is probably one of the lesser production things on a, on a Maiden album. I yeah. mean, I still love it, don't get me wrong, but like the the production on it is a little, yeah, I don't know, I don't want to say lacking, but a little. Well, it it's of the time, little little stale, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you could say. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess any are, yeah, are there any other ones that you might might have liked to have seen just in general, whether they did it before um, or didn't do it? Any of the big I, bands? I, I would absolutely go out of my mind to see Sticks play Grand Illusion live. I know they did; they were doing that. They were doing that's it. Another right? one that that I missed. They did that in Pieces of Eight. Sticks Grand Illusion is probably in a top three album of all time for me absolutely yeah. that's the album that got me listening to like more progressive stuff and stuff with keyboards and synthesizers and um, yep. i i just absolutely love that album i would love to see that perform live in its entirety i mean it's interesting you know I, like i said like the big bands you know acdc and van halen and aerosmith and you know are there are there albums that you know i think of acdc i'm surprised they didn't do something 
you know, either back like, in black or highway to yeah. hell or something. I mean, over the last twenty years, you know, I'm surprised they didn't uh, didn't pull that off. I mean, Van Halen, you know, yeah, could they have done the first album? Uh, but they again, their career was <laughs> was you know short from the standpoint of with with David Lee right. Roth. Um, but you know, when they brought him back, you know, maybe that would have been a I mean, they'd be they cool to see Van Halen, yeah, Van Halen too. Yeah, something to that With, effect. Except they'd have to skip Women in Love because I hate that. <laughs> yeah, because you know, I gravitate towards like you know my personal favorite, but not that the, you know that wouldn't necessarily be the one. You know, Women and Children first, I love, but uh, you know, they they need to do the first two albums probably um, yeah. for the for the masses. You know that that type of thing. Rush, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a big. Uh, oh, Rush! That's another one. From... I, I I did see them do moving pictures. I I did go to oh, that. There I, you go. I did see that tour. That's another one. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's more than we thought. Yeah. So I I, yeah, I unfortunately missed. I only saw Rush twice. I saw them on Presto and Roll the Bones, which uh, you know I I like those albums and I like them because I saw those tours. You know Aerosmith. I'm a rocks guy, so I, I'd like to I'd like to see them do, you know. Of seeing them do rocks, you know that type of thing. But you know, even out of format, Steve. You know, like Fleetwood Mac rumors. I mean, I, I never saw Fleetwood Mac. I saw kind of a fake version in the middle of the '90s when <laughs> Nix and Buckingham were there. Right. You know, those those types of albums, you know, would be would be cool to cool to see as well. So, uh, you know, in general, are you a are you a fan of bands doing it? You know, the ones that have done it. Yeah, I I'm I'm a fan of it because it. it you know, especially for bands that you've seen a bunch of times, it's nice to see them do something different. And if it's a whole album, if there's one song you don't like on it, you know, you can live with it. You're seeing the whole album because right. you know you're getting deep tracks that you don't normally get. Yes, yes. And again, what was unique about Maiden with this one is that it was, it was a new album, not a classic album. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is what most, uh, most bands do. So again, very, very cool. So now to close this episode out with Which Side Are You On? So sticking with the Maiden theme, we are going to do side one or side two from their self-titled debut studio album, released April 14th, 1980, produced by Will Malone. No charting, certified gold, and we're going with the North American version of this, which adds Sanctuary to side two, which helps balance it out because you got the instrumental on side two, so now you've really got four you know songs versus four songs and then the kind of the extra instrumental on on side two so side one steve what are your thoughts um i i enjoy side one prowler i love that da, 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 da. it starts out the album fantastic remember tomorrow i talked about that before that's the song <laughs> yeah. that, that pulled me into maiden um running free it, it's okay i it's i'm it's not i'm not a huge huge fan of it but um you know you you have to throw out uh phantom of the opera blueprint for every epic song that they're going to do going forward from 1980 to 2022 i think uh 2022 or 2021 when um Sinjitsu came out so um that's a blueprint song and and remember tomorrow is in a way as well remember tomorrow is like the prelude to revelations as far as i'm concerned so yeah. um yeah good good start for for a band yeah, yeah. Yeah, debut debut album. So yeah, Prowler. I I like everything about it except for that 
kind of wah-wah lead melody part. You know, I mean, uh, wow, 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 wow. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't, I don't like, but everything else. It sounds like I someone like. mouthing it. <laughs> right. It does. Versus a Wawa. Uh, remember tomorrow. I, I like the song. I think it's an odd placement on the album, just for whatever reason. Right. Track two. I mean, it's, I think it, uh, what did I, I thought I put something about. Yeah. Maybe I put it about the other slow song on, on side two about taking some balls right this is i mean this is a punk you know almost kind of a punky progressive rock band and they're they've got a couple of slower tracks uh, mellower type tracks on here but yeah cool vibe some of his screams steve during remember tomorrow almost remind me of 70s halford it you know not not comparing halford to him but just again when he yeah some of those screams i was thinking gosh that sounds like almost 70s priest uh the stuff in there running free i actually i love the song but i've got to have bruce <laughs> singing it i mean the, the line after death, death version i mean it's too long because they've got that breakdown the, the, but, yeah the crowd yeah uh, but I, I i i heard that version first so this one this is almost like kiss alive for me you know where I, the live version is i think just so much better than than some of the studio uh, tracks for, for Kiss, a similar thought. And then Phantom of the Opera, Steve, when you were saying that, I'm like, I'm reading my notes. Exactly oh, really? what Steve is saying. <laughs> I said, this is Maiden, first song that shows what we will get from them in the future. You know, it, it's just so, it's so good. Everything about it, all the, all that stuff in there is just, you know, best song on the album, question mark. You know, I put... I put in my notes, it's close. Mm -hmm. um, so that's side one for me. How about side two? Side two's interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, opens up with Transylvania Instrumental, which which is cool. Um, I remember seeing a video of them performing this live, like, I don't know, like, like 20, like 15 or something like that at some oh, nice. festival in Europe. Yeah. Um, was actually pretty cool to see them bust that out. Um, Strange World? I don't know, I... I don't mind it. I, I I don't. It's 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 an odd song. It it doesn't really belong on the album, but kind of cool. I, yeah. I I don't know. I I've always kind of had a little soft spot for for this song. I don't know why. Um, it's not fantastic. Um, Sanctuary. I'm glad they put it on the North American version. Um, and I have like one of the original ones before they put. Uh, I don't. Mine doesn't have Sanctuary on it. I don't think. But I absolutely love that song. Absolutely love that. They played that on the concert that I saw, first one that I saw. Charlotte the Harlot, it's it's, it's all right. Um, I can, you know, <laughs> um, give me 22 Acacia Avenue any day. Yep. Um, and the, uh, you know, title band track, Iron Maiden. Um, it, it's good. It's, <laughs> it's fa major fatigue factor. You know, you're going to yeah. hear that and see that every Maiden show. But, um it's 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 a good at least it's a good representative song of of them I think. Of, of them yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah so yeah transylvania interesting way to lead off uh side two it's cool you know i mean i i'm i'm fans of instrumentals um from time to time and this one's this one's okay strange world yeah you said it i mean it's I think musically, I think it's a cool vibe. Not a huge fan of his vocal, but this is where I put, yeah, I put it. It took balls for him to put this on the album. I think Remember Tomorrow is better if, I, you know, comparing kind of mellower 
type songs. Sanctuary, love, yeah, great, great quick hitter. You got the siren in there that slows way down like it's dying or whatever. Uh, but very, very, very cool. Charlotte the Harlot, I, yeah, I'm a fan uh, of it. Kind of a quick hitter type type riff. The lyrics are are interesting. I'm not I'm not sure what in the chorus. I don't even know if I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> on the, uh, I'm not sure what they what they are, are meaning with one of those lines, but I'll leave it there. And then, yeah, you brought up 22 Acacia Avenue. Does Charlotte live there? <laughs> I wonder. I guess that's where she lives. Yeah, <laughs> that might be where she lives. And then Iron well, Maiden. Because they mentioned her name in the song too. So they do, be. right? Yeah. Right. Um, title cut. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you say? It's it's played every time you see them. It's part of the Eddie thing. And yeah, it's. Uh, I, like you said, there's there's fatigue there, but for what it is, it's a it's a it's a good song. So, what uh, what do you think, Steve? One or two? I got I got to go side one. It's got it's yeah. got remember tomorrow on it, the one that brought me in. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's got Phantom of the Opera. That alone, you know, I, I could I could take or leave running free, but um, <laughs> right. Phantom of the Opera, absolutely fantastic. First yeah. time I ever heard that um, live was uh, with Bruce doing it. Um, when they it was on the radio, they had the the show from the Palladium where they opened up for Priest and the Number of the Beast. Oh, tour. nice! Yeah. Oh my! I, I wore the tape out. That tape got eaten. I was like heartbroken when that when that happened. But um, yeah, yeah, it's great. And that's even that's on the uh, Beast over Hammersmith that just came out. They re released oh, Number of the Beast, yeah. and then they they put the Hammersmith show on there, and they added Total Eclipse on there, which Ooh. is awesome. Yeah, nice. Nice. All right. So yeah, you know, kind of process of elimination here for me. I, you know, I think Sanctuary is better than Prowler. I think Remember Tomorrow is better than Strange World. <laughs> Running free. I kind of said what my piece on that. I, I like I like Bruce on vocal for that. So kind of you know Charlotte the Harlot or Iron Maiden, uh, you know, together. You know, is that is that stronger than Phantom of the Opera? Ah, it's tough. And then he got the then he got the instrumental on side two. So actually, I'm going opposite, Steve. I'm going side two. Really? All yeah, over all side right. one. As much as I love Phantom of the Opera is so important <laughs> and such a great such a great song. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go side two over side one. So nice. All right, awesome. another one in the books, Steve. Close the it book was, on it. It was well worth the wait. That was fun. That was yeah, that was blast. that was good. I was looking forward to it, especially yeah. after the the shift I just got off of. I, I needed a little <laughs> right. I needed a little release. Right, right. So yeah, so I've got uh, I've got a couple things on your calendar coming up. Looking forward yeah. to looking forward to those. Um, yeah, I'm going to uh, get the text group going for that for that next yeah. episode too. Nice coming up nice. for uh, the one we have you on. So um, I already told those guys which ones you're going to do. So. Yeah. Okay. Any, uh, things and I, and I have mine picked out too. So. <laughs> oh, good. Nice. Looking forward to that. So I'll yeah, throw that be... in a text group this week. That'll be that'll be fun. Cool time, man. So this was Absolutely. good. This was great. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Enjoy your day. Safe travels get today. Some, get some sleep today. <laughs> I, I won't. Did anyone see Iron Maiden on the A Matter of Life and Death tour in 2006-2007? If so, when and where, and what were your thoughts, memories, or stories from that show? How would you rank the songs on Iron Maiden's 14th studio album, A Matter of Life and Death, from 2006? And last but not least, what are your thoughts on Iron Maiden's self-titled debut studio album, Side 1 or Side 2? 
Let us know your thoughts by emailing us at slamfestpodcast at gmail.com or request to join our private Facebook page at Slamfest Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>